0: Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retired, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retired. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected senior portfolio manager and investment advisor at Canaccord Genuity. She has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies, and health matters, and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. Well, Laurie, over the last few months, several events have transpired and certainly affected the current market environment, the market situation. Markets overall have had a volatile year, trying to digest a war between Russia and Ukraine, record high inflation, a slowing housing market historical interest rate increases, and a lot more.
1: Yes, there's been a lot, hasn't there, in 2022? Yes. (laughs) So, uh, you know, if it feels as an investor, you're on a roller coaster, you have been... And markets continue to shift back and forth, depending on the news of the week, the economic data coming out. And markets just recently retested that June low and even broke it slightly. And now we've seen quite a big bounce since then. And this is where I continue to say that the change in markets can happen so quickly. You got to be on top of it, but you also have to make sure that you're also invested in order to take advantage of that rally when it happens, because often it happens when you least expect it.
0: So this week on Ready, Set, Retire, Lori will be explaining the current market conditions and uh, we'll be talking about the benefits of active management, especially when things are choppy and boy have they been. Uh, We'll talk about the recent events that affected the market and the strategies that Lori and her team use to manage risk when the market is volatile. We'll also give you some tips on how to handle market uncertainty as an investor. So, uh, in August, it looked like markets were turning around to the upside. Then a wave of volatility hit. What exactly happened to bring us where we are today?
1: August and September have, again, been tough months for investors. As we saw global banks around the world continue with their tightening cycle and even get possibly more aggressive. And out of the U.S., we saw higher than expected inflation, although it was still down from the highs in June. And so gas prices started to ease however, food and shelter prices were on the rise. So central banks have been raising interest rates to, of course, cool down the economy and rein in inflation, but we're not seeing as big of an impact on inflation as one would have hoped. And this is where we continue to see the markets acting somewhat violently to uh, what the Fed is saying. And every time Jerome Powell speaks, we tend to see markets decline. There will be a time in the future, I'm sure, when finally he reduces rates, but uh, that's kind of far off in The future for now. So, the Fed rate hikes to fight inflation continued with supply disruptions and really uncertainty around Putin's war against Ukraine has heightened market volatility. And even though volatility is normal when investing, this kind of volatility can bring out the emotions in investors and cause even sleepless nights for some. And so, how do you deal with that? And what do we see in the markets moving ahead? Because sometimes John, when it's all doom and gloom is a time when you should be looking at investing. Whether that was the low, whether we see another low in a few months, it's hard to say. But usually when you start seeing high quality companies down 30, 40, 50%, like Disney's and Nike's of the world, Google's, Microsoft's, you take a step back. Where are these companies going to be in three to five years? So having a discussion today to talk to investors about how you handle this type of market and make sure you're still taking a long-term view on uh, on the world and what's happening in markets.
0: So do you think that uh, interest rate hikes uh, that we've seen over the last uh, several months, uh, have they been effective in fighting inflation?
1: Yeah, you know, although the full effect of interest rate hikes is still to be seen, it takes a while, months for some of these rate hikes to infiltrate the economy. And so how fast they've increased them and by how much is substantial. And so I think we're going to see further slowdown in 2023. Which is funny to say, but right now, bad news, economically speaking almost equals good news in the markets. And the reason that is, is because at some point the Fed will go, okay, well, economic data is slowing. So this means that inflation is coming down or should be coming down and we'll get that new inflation number out next week. And so the question again, is it helping or is it not? Well, yeah, we have seen inflation ease over the past few months. We did see it peak back in June. Even this week, we saw the U.S. job openings drop to its lowest level since June twenty. 2021, we also saw manufacturing activity slow. And this is significant because it signals to the Fed that the economy is starting to slow in the way they want it to. So they can eventually stop raising rates so aggressively, which will likely happen, in my opinion, in the next two to three meetings. We're going to see lower rate increases and possibly a pause. So, again, we need to see higher unemployment, which is kind of funny. I mean, they want people to lose their jobs effectively, right? So that demand is lower. So there's not so much pressure put on the supply chain and wage inflation and things like that. So another reason we're kind of in a better place we are today than we were back then. And again, it depends who you're talking to, what is better. When I'm speaking of better, I'm talking in terms of the Fed not being as aggressive. Real estate prices, it's a big one. They're down and they're down significantly, whether it be here in the lower mainland. I mean, they're talking about 15% year to date. In the Okanagan, down 10% since April, and further expected to fall into next year. And why is that happening? Well, of course, with rates being higher, less affordability, people cannot buy the home for the price they once could when you could get a mortgage at 2% when now they're pushing 5% and could even move higher by the end of the year. So again, I think that's important as well because that's part of calculation of inflation. Another reason, again, in a better place in terms of interest rates not moving as aggressively higher, oil and commodities are down significantly since that peak in June. And you think oil peaked out at 130 a barrel. It's down in the mid-80s now. That's a significant drop. So again, in Vancouver, unfortunately, we're not feeling that to benefit at the gas pump. And that's for other reasons, because refineries in Washington needed maintenance, and we don't have all the pipelines we need going from Alberta to us. And so that's why our gas prices are the highest in Canada here. But in North America, when you take a look at the price of gas, it has come down significantly. And then you think of copper as well. That recently kind of bottomed out. The price of lumber is way off from its highs. So there's a lot of reasons, again, to be bullish on the idea that some of these inflationary pressures are easing. And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, going forward.
0: Well, expand on that. What do you expect to see as we move forward? We we know the market is oversold. As you say, the Nikes and, and you know the big hitters are down 40 and 50 percent inflation hopefully is going to be under control later this year into next year so where are we going i was
1: just speaking to clients last week on a conference call that we put out when there's a lot of action in markets and we were talking about the markets being in oversold conditions and sometimes these bounces or rallies can happen out of nowhere and at the beginning of this week we saw markets rally five six percent plus in two days and nobody would expect that you talked to any investor last week and they were putting their head in the sand which is fine to do sometimes when markets are are that bad that panicky you don't want to be selling everything and running for the hills because you miss out on days like today so whether that was it and we're off to the races I, i don't think that's the case i think we still need to be worried about a recession next year depending on where real estate prices go but we can definitely have very significant rallies within a bear market And they're actually tradable. And so you, again, should be looking for those opportunities. You should be looking at being a buyer when you're going through a week like last week. Midterm elections are coming up in the U.S., Often markets tend to rally after the election is over. Um, a lot of people ask, doesn't matter, you know, who wins or changes seats, that sort of thing. Not really. I would say more often than not, you just because it's done, there's less uncertainty that markets tend to rally. And then you have seasonality as well. Markets are usually strongest between November and March. So... That together with the idea that the Fed will likely loosen its stance on interest rates towards the end of the year could give us a a lot of hope that there could be a a more significant rally after the midterm elections. So we continue to actively manage the portfolios. In this kind of environment, sometimes it's okay to hold off on selling when it gets too panicky because you also could shoot yourself in the foot by raising too much cash because markets could bounce back very quickly. So you just want to make sure that you're staying on top of the economic data, I mean, where you have a team or financial advisor that does for us, like we're continuously looking at what economic data is going to be released today, what's happening next week, who's reporting, how could that sway markets, you know, looking and reviewing our holdings every single day for our clients. So the next inflation number is coming out next week, which is also going to be important. And that's going to be out for the U.S. And so if that is indeed lower than expected, again, expect the markets to continue this rally. Again, it it can seem difficult, this market for now, and you just kind of want to get through it. And because there's a lot more sunshine on the other side of a bad market and the worse it gets, unfortunately, the better it is on the other side. And so just always keep that in mind. And whether it's six months or a year of this, it's still six months or a year on your 5, 10, 15, 20-year time horizon, 30-year time horizon. So it's a blip on your chart in the the long run. So just always keep that in perspective during these market declines.
0: So uh, how does having an active strategy benefit investors during times like these?
1: The buy and hold strategies are kind of set it and forget it. So not many changes are being made during uncertain times. And an active manager is going to be making changes. Just like I said, we've raised cash. We've had more cash throughout the year, 20, 30% in a lot of cases. And just being more flexible, you know, wanting to go pick up some of those stocks that have come down that much uh, those quality names we wait till earnings come out so we can make a better decision to see what their outlook is and in terms of the buy and hold they may be overweighted in sectors that may not be the best to get you through this or out of this on the other side so it's very important to for us anyway to look at that top down approach which sectors are doing well because of what's going on in the global environment the macro environment and then we take a look at what sectors we feel are going to do well coming out of this. And so making those types of changes has reduced the impact of the sell-off. All those sell-off in markets has been deep this year by being active, by having cash, by even adding back some bonds even now is what's going to get clients back to where they were as quickly as possible. And that's what you want in a down market Uh, because every 10 years you're going to have these negative markets. And so if you're able to kind of reduce the impact, cushion the blow, you're going to be that much ahead when the good markets finally do return.
0: So what tips do you have for investors who are trying to cope with what we've seen in the last several months, the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride, in respect to their own portfolio?
1: Yeah, it's important to remember that every bear market or bad market creates opportunities. And I do say that often, and it's true, and it doesn't feel like that. But when you look in the rearview mirror... A year or two from now, you will go, oh, I wish I bought then. And whether, again, that's today or two months from now, I won't know. We can't tell you that. But every period like this has created those opportunities. So keep that in mind. So selling too much can really crystallize losses at the low. So you just have to remember, try not to get your emotions to take the best of you and, you know, make a snap decision to sell out your whole portfolio, move to cash because you think you're going to know when you get back in. Not at all. Never have I seen anyone get back in... a good time, uh, in fact, they usually get back in at a much worse time. Then the market bottoms, they sell, starts moving higher, then they have fear of missing out, and then they get in much higher than when they sold. So again, leave it up to professionals to deal with. Nobody likes bad markets, but we don't get emotional about it. It's part of what we do, even though it is uncertain. But I've managed people through much worse than this. Let's put it that way. Financial crisis, anybody, or COVID, those two situations will be forever locked into my mind. So we've got through those things and we'll get through this too. Don't panic and check your online access daily, I would suggest. Yeah, it's important to keep track of what your advisor is doing. But again, don't get overly obsessed with these day-to-day movements, which people can. Try not to trade on your gut Feelings. You know, you get some people that could say, I have a feeling that Putin's going to do something much more. And what happens if he does? And I get that. And there's always those what ifs, not just with that situation. There's other global situations, Taiwan, China, things like that. We're always watching and we would react and raise a lot of cash if something drastic happened out there or a black swan event. But you can't be an investor with worrying about always the what if disastrous situations occur Uh, As I said to clients last week, I would have been sitting in cash since the year 2001 I got licensed. So again, you need to make sure you're making logical decisions during times like this, looking for the opportunities. Again, market swings can create a lot of great valued stocks to become much lower in terms of their stock price. And so that again, if you look at a longer term vision, then that could make sense to be adding to your portfolio. be clear about your long-term goals and the type of investments you own. What you wanna make sure is that you don't change the goalposts during the middle of a bear market. And what I mean by that, if you were comfortable with volatility when the stock market was moving higher, you need to be comfortable with volatility when the stock market is moving lower as well, because then you could be making the wrong decisions during a bad time. So always keep that in mind as well, and have those conversations with your advisor and make sure you go back to your financial plan. I mean, most financial plans we do are your long-term return of 6% annually, even though on average, clients could be getting higher than that. But still, we want some cushion baked into the financial plan. So it's important to keep that in mind as well. It's a long-term horizon for most investors, and it's not just for six months or for a year. So and those are the points I would like to address for our listeners today.
0: Well, I'm curious about the idea of not trying to pick a bottom in the market. When you say that some of the real heavy hitters, as we mentioned, Nike and Google and Microsoft, are down, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent, intuitively, wouldn't that be the time to buy even if they drop a little bit more? Because you're presuming they will come back, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it It really d- depends on what what you're trying to accomplish uh, in terms of buying the stocks. And, I mean, if you could buy those and put them in your back pocket not worry about them going lower, yeah, it'd probably be, historically speaking, a good time. However, Nike just came out and came out with a, a real kind of negative outlook in terms of higher inventories, uh, supply chain issues, higher U.S. dollar costing them, sales in international markets. So something like Nike, where we just recently bought, we decide to actually sell. And the reason is because of the outlook. And so we want to own companies for the next three to six months for our portfolios, at least, that have still a positive outlook. And so I would say that, yeah, there's lots of stocks we would love to buy and hold for five years, but for some of these companies, you could see some more downside before you see that upside. So because we're active, we're able to look again in three months from now and say, is Nike a better buy now? Is it even lower than where it was? That's important because earnings season is just around the corner and we're going to start seeing companies report and we'll be making decisions from those reports about their outlook. Like General Mills just came out and they said they have a very positive outlook and actually increased their guidance going forward. So that's a company we want to add to the portfolios, for example, and we've just been waiting for the price to kind of come down, which it is now, and we'll be looking at adding that to the portfolio.
0: You've talked a lot lately about the Fed, and I think we've had a much clearer idea of how the Fed works in recent months because of how you've explained it all and how the Fed is affecting the market. And there's a lot of people who think that the Fed is, it's more of an art than a science, I guess, that people are concerned about the Fed shoving us into a recession in a bear market and this whole scenario taking uh, much longer to recover from. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, the question i that. Um, many have is will it be a mild or a deep recession? And at this point, most are expecting a mild recession because of the employment numbers. But again, we know that can change very quickly depending on what's happening out there. So Jerome Powell himself said he makes mistakes. And I think what they are willing to do is cause a recession. And with that being said, remember, the markets are very forward looking. So the markets are at least 12 months forward looking. And so often markets are already rallying within that recession. And so you want to keep that in mind as an investor that you can't wait till you're out of a recession to kind of start buying stocks or getting some of these opportunities because they would have already passed by. So do I think they could cause a recession? Yes, I do. And we are mindful of that. And that's why we have a lot of recessionary type stocks in the portfolio and even been adding back bonds, because I think we're going to see bonds outperform next year. And so, you know, there are other things that can be created, obviously, from rates moving higher as quickly as they have. And I think the main thing to be focused on is the real estate market in 2023 and how bad does that get and where does unemployment go? And again, being active, we're always making decisions. So the plan B is always raise cash if needed. However, I think that in the next three to six months, we're kind of going to see the bottom of whatever it is that we're in right now. Whether that then starts to begin to become recession fears instead of inflation fears, we'll have to trade and manage the portfolios through that as well.
0: Once we hit a bottom, I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to bounce off the bottom and take off again. We can kind of bounce along the bottom for a while before things take off and we get back on track.
1: Bouncing around the bottom is unlikely. You know, people hope sometimes that markets just stabilize and move sideways. But generally speaking, we hit a bottom with capitulation, a lot of volume and markets go down. And then when markets change and turn, like we just saw in the last two days, there's again that really big bounce. And so to just kind of move sideways, don't don't expect that, but we couldn't be in what we call a secular bear market, which is many years of the markets moving sideways. However, you have very significant bull and bear markets within that secular bear market. You know, if you think from the first decade of the 2000s, and when we look at that kind of secular bear market, we still had a huge rally up to 2008, and then we had to come down after that, and so on. So it's just something to always keep in mind that those sorts of markets is where you need active managers. And this is why when when I started in 2001, if you look at the markets from 2000 to 2013, the S&P 500 went nowhere, but you easily could have traded it. So we might be more in that environment. However, I just pulled up a chart from 1982 to the year 2000, and you know, that was a peak inflation at, at that time. And then we saw, of course, markets move higher for you know 18 years, basically, but we still had the crash of 87 and there and other significant situations. But overall, the market averaged 17% annually during that time. And in 1982, if you asked anybody what they thought was going to happen, I don't think anyone thought that would happen with the stock market. So again, I think it's important to remain invested to a certain degree, use cash to protect yourselves a bit, and then also use that cash to buy some of those good quality names that have come down. Because as we know in the future, that things will change at some point.
0: Well, as you point out, uh, the market is constantly changing. So it is important that we put in the time to strategize how we respond to different situations. And as you say, try to keep the emotional part of it as much as possible out of it or at least very limited.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's critical your portfolio manager utilizes strategies to help navigate the uncertainty. It's also important that they're communicating what they're doing. I've had a lot of calls recently where people don't even receive emails or updates and conference calls or any of that. Of course, all financial advisors and portfolio managers are busy making decisions, uh, hopefully on your behalf. I know we are (laughs) working overtime here. And so it's important that you understand too that volatility is a part of investing, but you want a strong financial team behind you to make those difficult decisions for you so that you don't get emotional about what's going on. And so I think that's important going forward. And let's look forward to hopefully an end-of-year rally that can, again, push portfolios closer to where they were. And there'll be, I'm sure, new and exciting markets ahead. But having that strong team behind you can help you navigate through that.
0: All right. Now that we are reassured and calmed down, (laughs) (laughs) uh, leave us with a quote for this week
1: uncertainty actually is the friend of the buyer of long-term values. And that is from our friend Warren Buffett.
0: And if uh, anybody knows anything about the stock market, it's got to be Warren Buffett. So <laughs> you, can, you can follow his advice and Lori Pinkowski's advice as well. Exactly. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll catch up in a couple of weeks and see what things are up to.
1: Thanks so much, John. Have a great couple of weeks and we'll talk to you soon.
0: And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and I ROCK.